1: Original?
0: No, I have never seen Black Christmas.
1: I hadn't seen the original or the remake, and I have to say, I really enjoyed it.
0: I thought the remake was pretty good too. I don't know how different it is from the original, but I thought it held up and didn't feel like it needed like a previous version to understand it.
1: I agree. There wasn't anything in this movie that made me feel like, oh, I'm missing something that maybe was in the original, or if it did do any callbacks, that did it in a way that I didn't think was distracting.
0: Yeah, and I actually didn't look up anything about the original, so I don't know what the original point was or like what the social commentary is. I'm assuming there was some... This one was very social commentary focused.
1: The original is also set around uh, sorority girls as well. I don't know if there's the same dialogue between sorority houses and frat houses. Um, I would be curious to go back and see like, yeah. okay, what, what was the 1974 take on sorority house and frat house <laughs> relations? Because <laughs> the one in here like, really has a message that they're pounding on.
0: Traditionally, what I'm used to seeing about uh, sorority and fraternity houses is that all the characters tend to be pretty hateable Mm -hmm. and uh, they don't get along. There's rivalries. They play pranks on rival houses. Girls get raped at the frat house, (laughs) like all that kind of stuff. But this one felt a lot different. You know, all the women got along really well and Mm -hmm. helped each other out and had each other's backs. And I thought that was really a refreshing take on college Greek life.
1: Yeah, this is only the second movie I can think of where the girls aren't portrayed as catty or backstabbing in a sorority house. And the first one, of course, is Legally Blonde. (laughs) In Legally Blonde, all the girls are very supportive of each other in the sorority house too. But it is refreshing. I love seeing... Movies with strong female friendships and um, especially in in kind of the Greek life setting, because I mean, I I have my own biases against Greek life. I I have always assumed <laughs> some negative things about it and same seeing this movie and seeing, you know, these girls do Christmas together. I was like. This seems great, you know, in a house that's just full of your best friends and you just get to like hang out and share stuff and, you know, celebrate holidays together. I was like, oh, I could see why people would want to join Greek life.
0: (laughs) Totally. I was thinking how much this looks like something similar to what I want to do now with like you and our husbands. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to live with my best friend and... That looks really fun and this movie makes it look really fun
1: this movie is it only rated a 39 on Rotten Tomatoes which I think is totally
0: tank- undeserved
1: I know I think it's tanked a little bit for the the horror movie aspect um but I was surprised that it was rated so poorly because I think that this was a really really strong entry into modern horror movies this was you know made in 2019 so it's only a couple years old and the characters are good I don't feel like there's any like you know, two one note storylines.
0: Yeah, let's get a quick summary so we can dive in.
1: All right. So it is, um, as you can probably guess, given uh, the time of year that we're releasing this, uh, Christmas time. And some of the girls are staying behind for winter break. And one by one, they are getting picked off. And our main girl here, Riley, uh, suspects that it is a rival frat house at work because she has seen some mysterious Illuminati (laughs) Yale skull club type uh, rituals happening at their house before a talent show where they totally drag these these frat guys. It's a really good story of just, you know, this girl who's trying to be believed by the people around her that there is something going awry and eventually standing up against and fighting back against this frat house.
0: There's a couple of notable names in this movie as well. People we've seen and talked about before on our podcast. Number one is Carrie Elwes, of course, of Saw fame.
1: <laughs> I was genuinely so excited when I realized that he was in this movie. I did not know going into it he was going to be in this one.
0: Yeah, me neither. Like, I didn't look anything up about this movie uh, along with the the original. But when I saw him, I was like, Oh, he's the bad
1: guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, of course. Like, he just seems from the jump slimy. He plays a professor who's being accused of misogyny and racism and homophobia because he teaches the classics. He's an English professor, and he's taken on this, like, very combative stance with his students about how um, he should be allowed to just teach um, dead white guys literature. And, like, the scene that they open us with is just immediately so Misogynistic, that it's like, okay, that's the tone of this movie is it's like, you know, that these young women at this what seems like very prestigious school, where, you know, Carrie Ellis is the big, bad professor, although it takes a bit before you kind of see how he's related, right, yeah, to everything going on
0: right. He teaches at this Hawthorne College, which actually is a fake college for the movie. Uh, Not to be confused with the actual Hawthorne College in New Hampshire, um, which closed in 1988. Uh, This college, I think it used to be an all-male college in the movie. Is that right? Or has it just always been male-focused?
1: It seems like it was a a male-only college before it became co-ed. The movie opens with a fake quote from the founder of the college about... Men being able to, you know, have powers that can become almost like supernatural powers. And yeah, it just gives you the sense of those old, waspy, very uptight schools. I didn't go to a fancy school, so. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Imogen Poots is also in this, and she was in another one of our episodes. Yeah,
0: the girl from Green Room. Um, And she looks completely different. I didn't recognize her at all. I was like, are you sure we've seen her before?
1: (laughs) I have no idea who she is. Yeah, she plays a total gutter punk in Green Room. She's got like a shitty haircut. It's like bleached mullet with super short bangs and like shaved sides (laughs) and whatever. And She's playing a very different character, and I mean, very. Good, good job for her range, um, but I I love her. Um, I think she's super hot in Green Room, but that's just my type. She's really cute in this one, too, and she's our main girl, Riley. She's our, our protagonist in this movie. She's the sorority girl who really, sadly, it sounds like in her freshman or maybe sophomore year, she was raped by a frat house guy, and uh, no one believed her. And so nothing happened to the guy. And she's just been kind of living in the shadow of that ever since, since everyone at the school seems to know about it.
0: Yeah. And that kind of carries through the film. That sort of sets the tone for why these girls begin getting targeted. Um, and it's not really clear who's coming after them or attacking them. It's sort of like a commentary on the Me Too movement. And I think why women feel. Like they can't come forward, and it's because so often they're not believed, um, and so this is just setting the tone for why men are the uh, villains in this movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's like toxic masculinity in a nutshell. This whole movie, and I really enjoyed it um, up until the climax. Actually,
1: I I agree. I think that the movie was really good and like I'm inclined to give it a little bit of a pass for its climax scene but my main issue with the climax is that it just gives you way too much exposition it goes back and just over explains every motive that there was for why this rat house was doing what they were doing and how they figured out how to use the founder's mystical bust to <laughs> create an army of frat bros to kill all these women and yeah it's just a uh, it was a little bit too much um given that the rest of the movie was you know really holding back from that
0: yeah and it took you there like it wasn't like a surprise or a shock why these girls were being attacked like the movie did a good job of showing us why. So at the end, when it gets a little explainy, it just seems a little unnecessary. But the ending is actually really fun when we get to the actual climax. Aside from the explainy stuff, the end battle is so fun and kind of kitschy. It's like girls versus boys, all out
1: battle royale in the frat house. It's pretty I neat. loved it. Yeah, Our girl Riley has snuck into the frat house because she believes that the only way to end this, to end this possessed army of frat guys is by destroying the bust of the male founder Um, because she's like, it was in the ritual. There's this weird black gunk coming out of it. These guys are going around and killing all these sorority girls, but their eyes are weird and they're not bleeding blood. They're bleeding this weird black goo. and so. She gets rescued by all of the other sorority houses have come together and they all storm in to just take down this one frat house. And it's just like a good, like almost like montage of like these girls just like kicking ass. It's great.
0: (laughs) This is the first slasher movie I've seen where I didn't feel like I actively wanted everyone to get slashed the whole movie. I really (laughs) liked all these characters. They seemed normal.
1: Oh, my gosh. I wrote at the beginning of this movie, watching these girls, you know, getting ready to just, like, enjoy Christmas and exchange their secret Santa gifts together. I was like, oh, man, I love girls. I love girls' friendship. (laughs) All of these girls had different, unique personalities. They're all so cute. I just thought that it was, like, really good. And every time a girl died in this movie, I was genuinely sad.
0: Yeah, I didn't want them to die. I felt for them. Even Chris. You know, Chris is the one that's, I want to say mouthy. Not mouthy, (laughs) but she's often got her own agenda when she's trying to help out her friends. She is bullheaded a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I was expecting to really hate her. She was annoying me at first, especially when she was like pressuring um, Riley to perform in front of her rapist. Mm -hmm. But then Chris comes back and is kind of cool as well. Like She knows exactly how to handle that prisoner situation that they're in. And really at the heart of her peer pressuring her friend, she wants to empower her. So I really enjoyed how authentic the characters felt. They weren't one note.
1: Definitely, they they were real, right? There were flaws in them. You know, you expect to go in just totally hating someone for peer pressuring her friend, but then you're like, oh, she's actually like pretty rational, and like when shit hits the fan, she wants to protect her friend, she wants to keep her friend out of danger, and will do what she can to, to like keep her friends out of danger. I don't know. I feel like in a horror movie, you don't always get that, so. I thought they did a really good job, especially considering how many uh, girls there really were in this cast, right? Because there's... Oh, yeah. There's, like, the core four sorority girls plus one of the girls' boyfriends. There's the love interest. There's the frat guys. There's the professor, like... And I I mean, the frat guys, of course, are, like, a little one-note because they're just, like, we want to party and, you know, become possessed and kill women, but, like... (laughs) But I was like, that's okay. I'm okay with that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they weren't really important characters. And it made sense because they are possessed. So they would act a little more robotically, I think.
1: I could see that. I also thought that it tied into how frat culture, more so than sorority culture, can push guys into this kind of template or mold i mean even before we knew that they were being turned into these little possessed robot army guys they all have the same haircut they're all white guys with brown hair they all wear the same clothes like every single one of them is just a copy of the other and they're all saying the same things and that's before they go through their ritual
0: yeah secret societies are probably not a good thing in general i don't know (laughs) (laughs) do you know anybody who's been part of them Freemasons, Skull and Bones. (laughs) No, I I don't. Do you? I don't either. No.
1: I wish I did. Sometimes
0: Zach jokes about wanting to join one and I'm like, ha ha, not funny, not happening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's just going to wear you down over time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What did you think of the talent show performance? Well, I
0: at first thought they were just going to do some like sexy dance, and I was like, is this why she's harassing her friend so that they do a sexy dance at a frat house? Um, but as soon as they started singing the alternate lyrics to Up on the Rooftop, I was like, Oh, these these girls are pretty
1: badass. I thought that took a lot of guts, and I thought it was pretty cool. I did too. And I think that they might have written and recorded this song for the movie. I was trying to look it up afterwards and um the only thing I could find about this song was related to this movie. And so I thought that was really fun that they did this version of a Christmas Carol at a Christmas talent show at a frat house where yeah. they're specifically calling out these guys for like roofing and, and sexually assaulting women. Yeah. It's pretty bold. It was. I was like stoked for them and Then the, like, nervous part of me was also, like, ooh, you're, like, making yourselves into such a target. Like, even if, like, they weren't in a horror movie, if they were just in real life, I was, like, that's just putting yourself in the crosshairs for trouble. And it's, yeah, it's, like, I want more of that. But also, I'm, like, these are men and they're not going to, like, if they're not going to hold back from raping you, they're not going to hold back from making your life miserable.
0: That's something I would have been worried about. Like, if I sing this song about them raping me, maybe they will come after me and rape me. What's to stop somebody who's done it before?
1: Right. yeah. it's it's such a hard time to be a woman. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no winning, yeah. I thought it was cool, though. I thought it was great because I feel like talent shows are, like, Christmas pageants are, like, such a holiday staple. Like, it's just, like, such a thing, like, in Christmas movies. So I was glad that they fit one in here.
0: That's true. I've seen a couple, like, family Christmas movies where the family sits around the living room, and the kids perform some Christmas play they wrote or whatever, and this kind of felt like that a little bit.
1: hmm It felt like a throwback a little bit to Mean Girls, like with their outfit and their choreography. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, if I can imagine a college girl today thinking like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a Christmas pageant. We'll do something like Mean Girls. Like, I just like how like modern and like relevant this movie really felt. Like it felt like what college girls today would be like. That's such a good point. I don't want to
0: speak for all kids, but when I'm around my niece, she's just started college this year. She's a nice girl. You know, she's she's pretty, she's popular, she's smart, she's talented, she excels at sports, got into a good college, and she's a nice person and she has nice friends and I don't think girls are always as mean as they've been portrayed or maybe the girls of today are just doing a better job at representing actual girl relationships.
1: My sister's in college too. And I think that she has a good relationship with her friends. She's very socially aware. And like, I could just see her like fitting in with these girls in this movie. Uh, And so I think that having that context, I was like, oh yeah, this is what, girls feel like this is what this is what this age range feels like to me
0: I think we can say this movie passed the Bechdel test with flying colors
1: oh yeah they talk about so much besides men I actually think that they're like relationships with men are like one of the lowest priority things that they talk about <laughs> they talk about their family they talk about their issues with each other they talk about buying each other vibrators like they're just you know talking about everything going on in their lives. And uh, I didn't feel like they were trying to do that. It just felt natural. Let's talk
0: about, which is it? Is it holiday or horror?
1: Well, I think the movie opens, you know, with the girls doing their secret Santa exchange and they've totally decked out their sorority house. They've got Christmas tree and lights and it's so cozy and they've made snack trays like it just seems like very very much like a christmas setting for them or a holiday setting they do have a jewish girl who's um who's there and i actually thought that their exchange <laughs> was really cute where riley says happy holidays and the other girl says happy christmas from this jew to you
0: <laughs> yeah the friendship and sisterhood in this movie in general feels christmassy it feels warm it feels like family, and it's cool to see how they're all together and for, uh, there for each other on Christmas break.
1: Yeah, I I think that that kind of community spirit is very Christmas movie. I mean, they do st- they do a lot of stuff together. They you know they're staying at school together over Christmas break. They go and look at Christmas trees together. They have plans to you know bake or like do a christmas orphans dinner together it's just very like oh we're all in this and we're all going to celebrate together i guess aside
0: from the happyish ish ending i there's not a whole lot else i thought was holiday about this movie there's a message but the message is not a happy one it's like believe women
1: yeah it is <laughs> there's a lesson learned which is you know believe women and also have each other's backs, right? There is a happy ending, which is um, definitely in Christmas movies, although a lot of horror movies do have happy endings too. True. I think the setting, it feels very Northeastern holidays to me because it's snowy mm-hmm. and there's Christmas lights. But after the kind of initial setup in the beginning, apart from a scene here or there in the middle um, – where maybe like a character's death is you know (laughs) vaguely holiday related Christmas lights
0: (laughs) or an icicle which by the way
1: does kill people (laughs) I am not surprised have you seen how big some icicles can get I wouldn't be surprised if people die with them just falling on them it just seems so comical I looked it up in the first
0: uh, recorded death by icicle in the u s took place in seventeen seventy six
1: <laughs> That's the revolution
0: the beginning of the country. yeah, I'm sure it's it probably happened before that, but wasn't recorded in two thousand nine there were I think something like close to ten deaths in Russia from icicles, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you think about, the chances of standing under an icicle big enough to kill you and then it falls and actually kills you it's it is kind of a lot it's
1: asking for it dark joke for this movie (laughs) it is black christmas uh i agree though i think that this movie has so many bullet points for Horror, (laughs) maybe more so than it's holiday movies. I mean, the fact that I was able to do a kill count and like I had to just start like grouping (laughs) the deaths together.
0: (laughs) It's a slasher at heart. And there's a lot of stalking going on. Mm -hmm. A lot of cool violent deaths that we just talked about as well.
1: And I think the stalking is really interesting because I was thinking about how – Again, with this movie feeling really fresh is when someone is stalking you today, I'm sure that harassing you over text or DM is a big part of how they do it. And these guys, they're using this like faux alias of the founder on basically a WhatsApp kind of clone to message all of these sorority girls these really threatening messages and Riley eventually goes to the on-campus security guard which good for this movie for showing just how inept campus security usually is um this guy is like oh my gosh. this guy's, I know he looks he takes one look at the message and just like completely ignores what the messages are saying and like laser focuses on what her response to the messages were which just feels like it made me like sick because I was like this is exactly how it would go
0: so true yeah I was glad when he got it eventually he, didn't, he wasn't, like, the worst person in the world, but I wasn't sad about it.
1: I mean, I think that he was just an example of kind of, like, an enabler of the situation, right? Yeah. Like, where it's, like, he wasn't a bad guy because he wasn't the one harassing and hurting and killing these women. But he was a person who, through his own negligence or ignorance is just contributing to it happening
0: and it's his job to do the opposite exactly yeah yeah. it's so annoying super
1: annoying this movie could have also maybe fit into our ritual season I was gonna say (laughs) yeah there's some
0: mind-bending aspects to this
1: film with some rituals and magic it did get a little more supernatural than I expected I think even Going into this movie with the opening quote, talking about how, you know, if if men work on their powers of knowledge that can become, you know, more than more than natural in the supernatural. I took a note that that was I was like, that's a spooky quote to open with.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then like the screaming and the flames, I assume there's some sort of sacrifice happening in that opening. Mm -hmm. The quote at first, I thought, oh, it's just a metaphor like metaphorically having power. And I'm like, oh no, they're really talking about supernatural stuff yeah. here.
1: Yeah, it gets into dark arts. And they they say in the movie that the founder was into black magic, dark arts. And it seems like he was able to transmit some of his power into his bust, right? There's a statue of himself, Uh, uh, that was a funny scene where our woke friend Chris had petitioned earlier in the year to get the bust removed from from student grounds and it was relocated to the frat house that the founder had had founded and that I guess is what unintentionally kicked off this whole thing because these frat guys then realized that if they chanted what was inscribed on this bust that they could absorb some of this power and then it it quote, brings out their true alpha.
0: Yeah, all the betas that they kidnap and force ritualize become alphas, I guess, because that's how all men are (laughs) supposed to be. It's sad. There's also just general fear and mayhem. And there's also some mutilation in this movie. Uh, Riley's cheeks get
1: cut Yes. And it looked really painful. I know. <laughs> Her cheeks get cut. There are so many different types of deaths in this movie. And a lot of them are, are very brutal. They're not like, oh, we'll just mm-hmm. shoot someone or we'll just like quickly kill someone. I mean, they're shooting girls with arrows. They're using knives against them. Yeah. They're <laughs> strangle- like ready or not. strangling
0: them. Yeah. It's
1: really, really intense.
0: There's a lot of cool found object deaths. Um, I I think Riley uses plastic wrap at one point or some plastic that's laying around to suffocate someone. I was thinking about what I would use if I was in this room and being attacked. I'm terrible at this stuff. What do you have anything in your room that you
1: could use as a weapon? Mike has some electric guitars that we have hung on the wall in here. (laughs) And I think I could grab one by the head and bang someone over the head with it that'd be pretty good I'd have probably have to do it like a couple times to actually kill someone otherwise I mean I'm in an office that has a lot of like cords and cables in it so I guess I could try and strangle someone but Mm -hmm. I think that oh yeah I think that that would be harder than just like hitting someone with something heavy (laughs) once
0: (laughs) I've heard that requires a lot of strength actually Like, people do it in movies, but it's a lot harder than it looks. This is true. I
1: have, like, no upper body strength.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I also have some cords and cables that I could try to use if I had the upper hand somehow. But this is our craft room, and there's a lot of exacto blades and pointy tools so I think this is actually the second best room for me to be in besides the kitchen, kitchen. where all the knives are. Oh my are.
1: gosh. Yeah. We we have yeah. this like excellent gigantic meat cleaver that would probably be my, first, <laughs> there you my go. first go-to. Yeah. Did you have a favorite death in this movie? My favorite death was the first
0: one with the icicle. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so funny when he breaks the icicle off and stabs her with it. I There's just something about death by icicle that cracks me up. It's not funny. People really die from it, but it's so bizarre that I had to laugh. And once he drags her body, we get to see this really great snow wiener. So I thought that was a nice touch at the end.
1: <laughs> it did when you called that out, I was like, Oh yeah, that is really phallic. <laughs> what about you? So I liked the irony of Helena. Being a traitor to her sisters and working on the side of the frat guys, and then the frat guys kill her anyway, because at the end of the day, she's still just a woman to them. like <laughs> so dark. It's really dark. But I thought the commentary was really apt, where it's like, ok. Yeah. I mean, I think about this um hyper right wing conservative women a lot where it's like, yeah, you're aligning yourself to a patriarchal power structure that if it had its way, would turn you into a handmaid if they could. And like you just need to accept that. You're just a master's lapdog at the end of the day. (laughs) Bootlicker.
0: I was surprised by that choice. They're making such a big deal out of converting Riley into the right type of woman when they have the type of woman they want right there doing what they ask. I'm like, that's a lot easier to deal with than Riley. And Riley's also an orphan she'd be easy to bump off.
1: Yeah, I felt like that lost me a little bit in the climax. I was like, they're they're really jumping through some hoops to keep (laughs) Riley in the picture here. (laughs) So would you say that this is more of a horror movie for you?
0: Definitely. I think this is a horror hands down with some holiday elements. I didn't find it particularly scary, but I did find it very dark. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of violence I would probably add this to my Christmas list though because I hate Christmas
1: movies. <laughs> I agree. This one is is so firmly in the horror side for me. It's got the Christmas elements, but it's from the jump. The tone of it is is a horror movie. It doesn't it doesn't even like gentle you into the horror. <laughs> it just goes right. from the jump. I highly recommend this though i think if you guys haven't watched it you should definitely check it out
0: it deserved a better rating i'm still not clear why it was rated so low i've seen much worse horror movies get 60s and up so yeah definitely check this one out invite your best girlfriend and have a good spooky holiday night
1: this was not quite dead check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts follow
0: us on instagram at not quite dead podcast and on twitter at nqd underscore podcast
1: follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com thanks for listening and happy watching